1: Our thanks to Brian Maine for that introduction. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. How do we, as a religious people, recognize the Spirit? When we talk to Latter-day Saints, they will often refer to the Spirit, and they are often encouraged to recognize, as this title implies— how do they know what is the Spirit as opposed to what is not the Spirit? In yesterday's program, we opened by quoting the Apostle Paul from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, who told the Corinthians at that time that they needed to be very careful because someone could very well come along preaching to them another Jesus, whom Paul never spoke of, or they could even receive a different Spirit, which obviously Paul did not speak of, or even a different gospel. Such was the spiritual condition of the early church in Corinth. Can those same faults cause us in modern times to make wrong decisions and to believe in, let's say, even a false Christ? I would say most definitely But in yesterday's show, we began looking at an article that was written by Mark A. Matthews. He's involved with LDS seminaries and institutes, and of course, seminaries are more on a high school level. Institutes are a place of learning for those more of a college level. And he starts off by citing Russell M. Nelson the 17th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who said, It has never been more imperative to know how the Spirit speaks to you than right now. And then Mr. Matthews finishes that by saying, And yet many still wonder, how do I recognize the Spirit? Now, yesterday, Eric, you read further in that paragraph where Mr. Matthew says that this is a question that he has been asked repeatedly as a teacher at the Missionary Training Center, or the MTC, one of the largest of the training centers would be in Provo, Utah, but they do have others scattered throughout the world. But he also mentions seminaries and institutes, which I have explained, and at Brigham Young University. But then he makes this
2: statement at the end of that paragraph Fortunately, the Lord Jesus Christ has answered this question in the scriptures and the teachings of modern prophets.
1: Now, here we go. Now we're off and running. This is how we're going to find out. He says, Yes. There is a remedy to this and how we recognize the Spirit, and this is how we're going to do it. He says how the Lord Jesus Christ has answered this question in the Scriptures and the teachings of modern prophets.
2: What do you think he means when he uses the word Scriptures? Is he referring just to the Bible? No, absolutely
1: not. When Latter-day Saints use the word scriptures in this kind of a context, certainly it is much broader than the 66 books of the Bible. He's referring, as the Church has often stated officially, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, according to Gospel Principles, that's the 2009 edition of Gospel Principles, a very common manual that works as an introduction to the things that Latter-day Saints are supposed to believe. On page 45, it says, The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints accepts four books as Scripture, the Bible, the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Pearl of Great Price. These books are called the standard works of the Church. The inspired words of our living prophets are also accepted as Scripture. So you can see, folks, how broad that term is used within an LDS context. And if you're talking to a Latter-day Saint and he uses the word scriptures and he defends his position by saying what he believes is in the scriptures, If you assume he's merely referring to the Bible, you could be very confused, wondering, really, does the Bible teach that? Probably doesn't, but he may not be referring to the Bible at all. But it's certainly okay, the way he understands how that word should be defined, to use that word, and at times it probably can be confusing. This is why we always recommend when a Latter-day Saint uses a word that is familiar to us, We must politely ask them for the definition of how they are using that word, because in many cases, you're going to find if they are specific enough, you're going to see a difference between how they look at that word and how we look at that word.
2: And Bill, that second part, the teachings of modern prophets, who would that be referring to when it comes to Mormonism?
1: Well, it certainly would not, by the mere fact that they use the word modern. It's not referring to the prophets that we read about in the Bible. It would not include even, in some cases, the apostles that we read about in the Bible, in the New Testament specifically. And so, again, you're being told that if you want to know how to recognize the Spirit, well, you have to at least have somewhat of a respect for what LDS prophets have said. Now, this can be kind of touchy, because when you bring up some of the past teachings of even some of their own prophets and some of their own apostles, some Latter-day Saints might cringe at some of the things that their past leaders have said. This is why they have to qualify it many times by saying, well, we're talking about the living prophets, the living apostles. Don't bring up Brigham Young. We know Brigham Young said a lot of silly things that we don't believe today. But the problem with that argument is that there were a lot of people that believed the silly things of Brigham Young when he was alive and said those things at the time he said them. And they certainly felt, I'm sure, that when Brigham Young said these things, that when they embraced it... That was the Spirit speaking to them. So you see, we have a conflict here already in how we're going to come to understanding or recognizing the Spirit. According
2: to a church manual, True to the Faith, a gospel reference, it says you can always trust the living prophets. And it goes on on page 130, and it says this, "...your greatest safety lies in following the word of the Lord." given through his prophets, particularly the current president of the church. The Lord warns that those who ignore the words of the living prophet will fall. See D&C section 1 verses 14 through 16. He promises great blessings to those who follow the president of the church.
1: Do you think that the current president of the LDS church, the prophet, seer, and revelator, who knows what you just read. They're not ignorant of that. They know that they need to throw in that word living because if they don't, then they run into problems with some of the contradictory things that have been said in the past. But do you think it ever crosses the mind of the current LDS leader that once I'm dead, everything I said becomes one huge question mark? In other words, because I'm no longer living, Everything I said while I was living can be completely undone and refuted by the simple
2: fact that I'm no longer breathing. But that makes no sense, because if they were teaching something that really wasn't true, then the question is, were they teaching false doctrine? When you bring that up with a former leader, a president or an apostle, and say, was he teaching truth? Well, in the day he was, but not it's not for today because we have progressive revelation. Well, it's either true or not true. You can't have this postmodern idea that truth changes.
1: Well, I think you're absolutely correct here. And you, you cited John 4.24 this week, Well, if God is spirit, as it says, then Joseph Smith could not have been correct to say that God has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's. You can't have both of them because they conflict with each other. But yet how many Latter-day Saints would rather go with what Joseph Smith said than what John 4.24 says? So would we rightly argue that maybe a false spirit has convinced a lot of Latter-day Saints to put their trust in what Joseph Smith said and believe it to be true? And if so, would that mean that we have put our trust in a false spirit to believe what John 4.24 has said, where it teaches us that God is spirit? You see, this is the dilemma here, and I don't think it's that difficult. when, When Mr. Matthew says that fortunately, fortunately, he says, The Lord Jesus Christ has answered this question in the scriptures. If he had stopped there and and inferred that scriptures were the 66 books of the Bible, I wouldn't have a problem at all with what he's saying. And I think that's our big problem. They go far beyond what the Bible says on these issues. And when you start injecting the teachings of the modern prophets, that's when this all starts to unravel. And dare I say, it also becomes much more difficult for the Latter-day Saint who has to, for instance, as in the quote from Gospel Principles that I cited earlier, they have to discern which words from the living prophets that are supposed to be accepted as Scripture are actually inspired. Now, you would think if they have that true ability to do that, why would they even need these prophets? If they can discern what they're being told is actually inspired—and I'm, again, citing and using the words from Gospel Principles, page 45—then why would they need these living prophets if they are the ones that are supposed to safeguard truth within their own hearts from what's being told to them, even from the pulpit of general conference? But yet, many Latter-day Saints— will take whatever the living prophet tells them. They'll take whatever the apostles tell them. Well, maybe not so in all things, because when it comes to social issues, we are certainly seeing a rising generation that are willing to say, "Uh -uh, I'm not going to believe your old notions about sexuality and things like that. Now what do you do? Are you really listening and recognizing the spirit as it's being proposed by these leaders? Do they really know or or do they not know what you're supposed to believe regarding those issues? But I think that contradiction falls right into the problems of what this article is saying. It's not so much what the printed word says, and you better believe it. It's what does it mean to you? How are you accepting the words that you not only are reading on the printed page, but maybe even hearing from general conference?
2: And a lot of this comes from presuppositions, because when a Latter-day Saint is talking about scriptures, you're going to have to understand that in the terminology of Mormonism, that's referring to the four scriptures. When they're talking about prophets, you and I believe in prophets, the Bible's full of prophets, and yet they're talking about modern prophets, because there's assumed that there was this great apostasy and all Christianity was lost. These are the things that it makes it very difficult. If you don't know very much about Mormonism, maybe you're listening to this show for the first time and you say, I I really don't know much. Well, you're going to have to do some study to be able to understand these presuppositional differences differences that we have. Because for us as Christians, we do believe that it's possible to recognize a Spirit, but we're going to use different means. We're going to use Scripture, singular, and that is the Bible to help us understand what it is that God is trying to say.
1: You'd mentioned, Eric, that the Bible talks a lot about prophets, but yet never do we read in the Bible, neither the Old or the New Testament, how we are going to pit one prophet against another prophet. We embrace all of them. If anybody is throwing prophets under the bus, it's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints when they say, well, don't go by what Brigham Young said, or don't go by what John Taylor said about God needing blacks on the earth because the devil needed a representative. People at the time, when John Taylor taught that, were certainly listening to him. So you can see why discerning what is really the true spirit as opposed to a false spirit can be very difficult for the Latter-day Saints.